And once we get that right, which is for me the most important thing, that they have, first of all, respect. The second one is commitment. The third one, passion. Those three ingredients are non-negotiable. Hello and welcome into the Non-Negotiable Podcast. I'm Gavin and I'm here tonight with Pascal. How are you doing, Paz? What's up, Gav? And from a strange remote location, here with Justin. How are you doing, Jazz? Hey, Gav. <laughs> I apologize for the amount of 10-year-olds that are playing Minecraft um, right near me. But yes, let's try to do the best we can on this podcast, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're opening up a daycare, that's that's all about you. So we'll, we'll move on. So let's start. We've got Palace tomorrow. So let's start with uh, bringing back the old favorite, Who Am I game. So are you ready, guys? Let's go. All right. So I started my career with Bordeaux. I moved to Arsenal where I played 40 league games. I went on loan to West Ham, played three times. I then moved to Crystal Palace for whom I appeared 60 times. I finished my career with Cardiff City appearing twice. Who am I? So I'll let you guys stew on that, and we'll we'll come back at the uh, we'll come back at Look, the. Can you just repeat one more time? Because I yes. don't have anything written to refer to. So I just want to Bordeaux, yeah, Arsenal, West Ham on loan, Crystal Palace, Cardiff. Okay, so we'll come back to that. We'll come back to that at the end. All right. Um, Palace on Monday night. I think this is a fun one for a, for a few reasons. Palace is always a always a tricky place to go. Roy Hodgson's back there now. He's had a good record against us recently. They're obviously a pretty big side, Palace. With that in mind, um, Juz, how do you see us start in this game with a, from a starting lineup perspective? We, me and Paz were saying it's, it's kind of difficult to call the starting lineup this season because we've got a lot of variations that we can use. Um, and I think Jesus being out actually makes it harder to call and, and not easier. Um, so what do you what do you think? I think um, Zinchenko starts this one. I do. Um, I think we'll see a familiar back four, the back four we saw most of last night. Uh, sorry, most of last season. Um, everything else, uh, I would expect... Party and Rice in midfield together with Odegaard. And then maybe, you know, the forward is still a question. I, I bet he starts Enkedia again. I do. I think he does. So it'll be Saka, Enkedia, and Martinelli. Pass. Uh, Zinchenko, I think, for sure starts for me. I think with the timber injury, um, he's now. I know he's not had a a, a full a preseason of um, or any preseason of uh, fitness, but I think he would be good enough for him to start. Uh, I think along the same lines of what Justin's saying, actually, it sounds. Uh, well, sorry, I didn't get the midfield part. Just who did you say midfield? Uh, midfield, I said party. Rice, Zinchenko, uh, sorry, Party, Rice, Odegaard. So you're saying Harvard's out? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I feel Enketia gets slinged 
in favour of Harvard's. As much as I, I do agree with Justin, though, because Enketia is, um, you know, obviously he likes him, but I think being away, maybe they want a bit more hold-up play, uh, a little bit more possession. Um, so I have a feeling that he puts Harvard's in the Enketia role. And like Justin saying, party, Rice, Odegaard, and the rest all the same, except for Timber, obviously, uh, being Zinchenko. I'm with you, Paz. I think Havertz starts up front. Um, mm. I, I had a theory towards the start of the week before this game with Luton behind closed doors where Zinchenko basically made his comeback. And I think that game, it wouldn't surprise me if the main reason behind us playing that game was to get Zinchenko an hour before Monday. Um, yeah. So now I think he'll come in. But I was wondering if what we would do was actually slide Gabriel in at left back, which would allow him to keep party at right back to allow Havertz in midfield. But I think I think it's pretty nailed on now that Zinchenko is going to start and that mm-hmm. back line will be back to normal. And it, it makes sense, right, Just because they're a they're a big side for a start. They're Eze is obviously their obviously their danger man. So I think having party and rice in the side, particularly party as that screen, I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, definitely it makes sense. Um I think we're gonna go for uh size reduction is that the right word i don't know maybe size protection a lot um but i could definitely see party starting yeah no doubt about it Paz, you um you you worried about anyone else from palace other than eze i mean i know edward had quite a few shots on opening day i think that's you know, I'm not reading too much into that that first game for them. They could have been three down in the first in the first half an hour, um, although it ended up looking like a comfortable win for them. But I'm I'm not. I don't know. I'm just. I find it difficult to be scared of Crystal Palace. I would have been more scared of them last season um, than than this. I think uh, Elise not. I think he's injured, so I, I don't think we have anything to fear on on that because um, he can obviously be a threat. Um, I agree with you. I think uh, we've we, we got to go into that game with three points in the mind completely. Uh, Eze is the only one that can pose a threat. He's the only one that can unlock a pass. He's tricky on the ball. He's become better and better season gone on. But we should be able to contain that with our midfield, especially if Party and Rice are there. And, of course, Zinchenko as well. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I can't look at that game and be fearful because... It just looks like when you look at the two teams, I think Palace are, um, they haven't really invested much in the summer. There's not really any big signings. Um, Salas is a difficult place, but um, I think we showed last season that we can we can pull it off. Yes, this is a case of our normal away day stuff, right? We need to strangle that midfield early and the goal threat obviously is coming from Martinelli and Saka again. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that that is going to be the key is strangling that midfield. I think um, with the loss of uh, Zaha, they're going to be um, they're going to be um, going through uh, Aze as much as they can. Um, but that I should think... play into our hands, right? Because they're gonna that means they're going to be coming through the center because Eze plays obviously like a ten role. So that's yeah. going to play into our hands, I think, because that's going to be playing into an area where you're going to find Partey and Rice, and then behind them, you're going to find Saliba and, and Gabriel. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think so. Um, I think this game is going to play right into our hands. If we can control Aze, I think we're going to control Palace is basically how I feel about it. Palace, I think the one area that causes me a little bit of concern is set pieces. And it has done for the last kind of what? year almost really last season we we fell right off defending set pieces palace are a big side we are we've still got a lot of new pieces in that team right so you're going to have rice and Havertz. obviously are going to be are, are in there they're still new still bedded in we've moved a few players shifted around positions we do that thing where we have the three-man markers and everyone else zonal i just wonder if we've had enough time to really bed that in yet and set pieces are the one area where I'm a bit concerned. Yes, you're rightfully to be concerned about that. And then, uh, you know, when you play a Royal Hodgson team, there is going to be a lot of, um, uh, there's going to be a lot of emphasis on set pieces, corners, uh, free kicks. Um, it, it is one that, you know, I, I hope they have worked on. We have definitely got the aerial um, aerial side covered in terms of height um, with Rice in there now. Harvards can come back as well. Um, so I, I'm hoping that they, they've had enough practice on that. But it, it, you, are right, you are right to be slightly concerned of it because we have struggled um, recently. Um, but, you know, they, he's had, I think, this week away, uh, more than a week away, plus that Luton game in between, I hope these are the things that they've been really focusing on because we know what we're going to be up against with Palace. There is going to be a lot of aerial uh, threat coming in, especially from the set pieces. And I'm hoping, just that we don't keep going long too much because I just don't think that works for us. Like, I understand that Havertz is pretty good in the air, but I just I don't think it, it particularly works for us and I don't think this is a game where we should be doing that. We're better off getting the ball on the deck and trying to play, trying to slide people in than we are flinging the ball up in the air for hazards for habits to flick on. Yeah, Gav, I agree with that. Um, I think um, when you have guys like um, uh, Anderson who are really good in the air and 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 good at playing it back, uh, you you know, quick to start a play, and then um, what your your aerial game relies on your left eight to get up in front super early when he probably, you know, is stepping out of position. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Gav. I think, um, I think there's going to be a lot of um, quick passing and uh, slow build to get up to the, to, to the top. I don't think it's going to be a, a, a fast game here. But that's an interesting point, Paz. I mean, I, you know, we both think Havertz is going to start up top. But even at the weekend, even though Havertz wasn't starting up top, from every goal kick, he was up top. He was yeah. actually going up top and Enketia was was dropping deep. So that is a ploy. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, I, I do agree with you. I would like less of it. Um, but it, in some respects, I do appreciate going long a bit sometimes because um, there has to be a bit of variation in our play. We've got to sometimes... Uh, look into ways which, because, you know, we, we've had one of the best seasons we've had for a long time last season. But there is the, the downside to that is that people now know how we play. They're very aware of our style. They're very aware of, of what we do. So having that little bit of variation in there can help. But I do 
agree in the sense that to to not overdo that long ball, but it is definitely a ploy. I think Havertz. That's that's why for some reason I think he's going to start the nine on that one um, because they want to uh, take advantage of. Of course, that doesn't mean Enketi gets onto it if if he's over, if taking his place, but. I think that 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 looks to be and and also threats and corners and set pieces ourselves when we take them. So, um, yeah. And the other thing, Judge, that seems to be a ploy, and it has been for a while, is just the amount of shots we take from distance. Like we are hitting a lot of shots from outside and around the edge of the box. I think I think this season, I think nineteen of twenty four shots or something in the first in like the first game in the Charity Shield were from outside the box. That's something you see continuing. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think we have a team of players in the midfield and even the defense that can, you know, run into midfield and and crack a shot. Um, So, yeah, I do kind of think that continues. Um, Even when you think about like Rice, Odegaard, uh, Havertz, uh, Timber, which obviously is, you know, but um, but yeah, I think we see that continuing. Zinchenko can do it as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's going to be a tactic to try to get the other team to, you know, like step out. And I think we see it quite a bit. Yeah, Paz, the Palace are particularly vulnerable down Martinelli's side. Right, like like Tariq Mitchell's a yep. really good one-on-one defender, mm. um, and he actually played really well against Saka twice last year. I think the other side is where they're really, really vulnerable. So I would expect a lot more switching a play a lot quicker than we had before. I can see us building up down that right-hand side and then looking for the quick switch out to the left-hand side. Yeah, who is there? Because who, who, I like Mitchell. I think he's a really good defender. Who's he on is. the other side? They've got that 35-year-old Joel Ward. Playing right back, I think. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, absolutely. That's where you're going to exploit. And I think that's where Martinelli's going to be. You know, that, that, that's, and Martinelli, as we saw in the first game, was causing all types of problems. So it, you're going to be definitely switching it out to him to attack that. And if Martinelli was to go off, or Trossard's another one that can give them a lot of hassle on that. So yeah, I agree with you. I think there's going to be a lot. I, I, I hope anyway we have a much quicker tempo. And we up that tempo than what we did in the first match. Um, and we're going to have to because it's an away game. Selhurst is 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 never easy. It's quite a condensed environment as well. So you you really hear the crowd and, and the fans. It's an old school uh, uh, stadium. So I think us trying to attack them as quickly as possible and switch the flanks um, is is going to be crucial to that game. But absolutely, it, he's going to be the one to exploit for sure. And the last bit on this game, Jazz, I think what I would really like to see and what I don't think we're going to see because I'm starting to basically lose faith we're ever going to see it is some better substitutions from Arteta. Mm. Earlier, more often, get Trossard on the pitch a little bit earlier, shake it up, change, not necessarily the formation, but change the way the players are. I mean, are you like me? Are you just getting to the point, Judge, where you're accepting that we're going to make one sub on 75 minutes and maybe two on 87 minutes and that's it? Yeah, yeah, Gav. I am. I am a bit like you. Maybe, um, I've kind of lost hope on our better substitutions, which is a shame because I do think we've got a deeper squad 
with players that could impact in different ways from the starters, but I just don't see it. Dude, what about you, Paz? What do you think? It's yeah. Um, I, I, I would like to. There's a part of me that's optimistic that he's gonna be a little bit more proactive, but you know, again, not just the subs, but what I also want us to see is putting these games to bed as well, because that's another area where we're having extreme difficulty and where we take a lead, we go into a 2-0 lead, and then especially that 2-0 lead, and we just get really complacent. And then I think that's where Arteta doesn't react quick enough um, in circumstances like that, where, as you rightly mentioned, he waits for the 70th minute to make a sub, but it looks like he's not reacted to the situation. He's just going along with what his plan was before the game started. And I don't think that's the way you've got to operate. But um, yeah, I hope there's a change. But <laughs> there is a pessimistic Arsenal fan in me, which is, probably goes along with what Justin's saying. Yeah, well, you can you can preempt it too, right? Like that, it wasn't difficult. We We have been watching this team for long enough to know that if we go two or three up, we are going to stop. Right, mm. we all know it. If we are two or three up at half time, you can guarantee that the end score is going to be two one or three one. You you can guarantee it. We will just stop. And the way to preempt that, you have five subs now. You can change almost half of your outfield players, right? And I'm not saying use all five at half time, but you can quite comfortably use two or three at half time. Bring Trossard on. Bring Nelson on. Bring someone that's hungry. Bring Smith on. Bring someone on that's got something to prove rather than players who are in every week. Just, I just, I mean, I don't want to, you know, sit here and, and have a referendum on this, but it just seems so obvious. It it really does, Gav. And I, I, I don't even know uh, where to go from here. I mean, I know, you know, people listen for our opinions and whatnot, but this one is is one that, I mean, I think we're 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 right where all the listeners are, you know. Um I am shocked. Like, you know, someone like Smith Rowe who saved our season hasn't been getting more minutes. I'm shocked that someone like Trossard, who you know, has been one of our best players, has consistently been a sub. Um the whole thing is is really odd to me. And um, the whole thing is really odd to me. And I just, um, you know, it's just an area that I hope that Mikel can improve on because I think it's one of his weaker areas at this point, substitutions. Yeah, I think that's that's absolutely true, Pass. It also brings to what you mentioned, Gav, in that, you know, not only we've got five stars, we've also got, five subs of an improved squad. So, you know, we're looking at players. We've got a stronger squad, a stronger set of players. Um, I think there's a misconception. There's a feeling that if you make those subs at halftime and you're winning, a lot of the thinking is, oh, look at him. He's being complacent now. He's taking the team for uh, taking advantage of the fact that they're leading. And, you know, but I think you can also look at it from what you're mentioning in that, Someone like Smith Rowe has a lot to prove, obviously, to Arteta. So does Nelson. So does, in some respects, Trossard. 
So I don't think they're going to go in and drop the ball. They're going to go in, if anything, to try and capitalize on them getting more time. So, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I feel that 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 is an area I just hope he does look at a little bit more. Because um, Smith Rowe didn't come on, did he against Forest? Um, no, I mean against... we only made he only made three subs of five. Mm. There was the one for the timber injury. Then he brought Trossard on on seventy four minutes and Gabriel on on eighty seven minutes. In, yep. in a yeah. game like that, to me, it's just it's nonsensical. There's, I know there was a there was a club. I don't know if it was a Championship club or a League One club that actually hired a substitution manager, right? So they had someone who just took care of the substitutions. So the manager did the game plan, the manager took care of all that, but there was someone on the bench who was advising, this is when the subs go in. Makes and sense. We may be reaching a point where, where you need to do that because we, like you said, it seems to be, it's not just that he's reacting slowly, it's that everything is reactive and, and not proactive. And I think that's where, for a side like us that, that do take the lead a lot, you know, we're in front in most games, there's got to be a way to share these minutes around and get people on the pitch who have got something to prove. Because let's face it, our starting eleven really don't have much to prove to anybody. You know, they've other than other than the final hurdle of actually winning the title, they know they're on the team sheet again next week. So let's get some players on there that are desperate, desperate to prove themselves, that really have to go for it. I think that's that's just to me, that's how it makes most sense. And I think that's how most people see it. And I'm I'm hoping that we can somehow that Mikel has some sort of epiphany that that brings him around to that because right now, I mean, I've always said to you, I don't, I'm not really a big believer in squad rotation. I think fans like it a lot more than managers do, but we're we're reaching almost ridiculous levels with it right now. So hopefully that changes. Mm. Um, Nuno Tavares, I don't know if you guys have heard of this one because it started about an hour ago. I guess the rumors started, but. We all know that he turned down Nottingham Forest. Um, I, I, when uh, yesterday people were saying thirty million, I was flabbergasted. Yeah. Uh, it yeah. turns out it was thirteen million, and uh, it appears a oh, journalist has misheard something and said thirty, and everyone rumbled. Very much. Anyway, so he turned him down. But apparently now Villa want him, um, yeah. and they uh, they want him on loan. It seems there's no interest in them from a permanent transfer. I mean, what do we do with this, Paz? We we need to get rid of players, but kicking the can down the road and bringing no money in doesn't seem very sensible. Yeah, it, it's a real, real... This is part of Edu's summer is also the sales. As much as we could be happy about the, the people he's brought in, and part of it is getting rid of these players. And I, I don't think we help ourselves. I've said this before, because there's a lot of people who say, yeah, but how can Tierney be only getting this and Tavares getting this? These guys aren't even playing. They've not even coming off the bench. Um, Pepe's training by himself. Were you expecting a fee for a guy who's training by himself? He's not even involved with... So if you're ostracising players to a point where they don't even get minutes in your team and then you're expecting some, some fee more than what the going rate will be, it's crazy. So I, I don't... I, I, you know, we, Balogun's probably the only one I can think of, but even he doesn't even get a sub-appearance. Um, but he's probably the one we're, we're going to get the most for. I don't think it's going to be anything that we're hoping for. But, it, yeah, the loan thing is just the most demoralising out of all of it because all you are is kicking the can down the road because we're going to be back to square one next next year with them with a year less on their contract. 
it 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 doesn't it just prolongs the agony i think and i i really hope and i feel this is what their recruitment policy has been over the last few years is really get returns on players that they look to sell on and maybe think about how they're also placing them in the squad because if you're ostracizing to a point where you hardly ever see them and expect some big fee it's not going to happen it's just not going to happen and this one makes even less sense Jazz, because villa don't even want him as first choice <laughs> villa want him as basically a backup so I don't see how this would do anything to improve his value whatsoever. You're relying on an injury for him to even get a game. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think, um, in apologies, by the way, I'm, I'm in an um, un- unfamiliar location where there's extra noise. So apologies if anybody hears anything. But, um, but yeah, um, I think there's definitely an area um, a role, a team that we could do better in with him. Um, I, I'm not sure if this is it. And, um, you know, we, like you said, Gav, we're kicking the can down the road, right? I mean, bottom line. Yeah, absolutely. And at this point, as you said that Balogun will get a fee for, and I agree with that. I think we've still got eight nine that we need to get out. I am not confident on any of them other than Balogun going for a fee. I can see us getting a week past the end of the window and cancelling the contracts of Cedric and Pepe. I just, I'm not confident of any of the others going. I'm not confident of getting any sort of fee for Tavares. I'm not confident of getting any sort of fee for Tierney or Holding or Sambi. I just... I don't see it at this point. It just doesn't look like anything's going to happen. So I think Tierney possibly because, you know, there's always a Moyers out there, isn't there? Or, uh, you know, or Sheffield United manager or someone like that who might be a little bit uh, that, that he could adopt to that playing style. Um, and, you know, he is Scottish international. He has got some qualities that he can bring. But most of them, I'm on the same page. I just don't see how we're going to get fees for them. Um, and the less and less they play or the less and less that they make appearances, the less we're going to get, uh, if anything. Um, you, if you if you push a player out like Pepe to where he's in at the moment, to expect anything is just ludicrous. It's just not, it's not happening. I don't think any one of those players that we're looking to sell has, uh, we only played one game, but even in pre-season, we didn't really see them around. We haven't seen them take part. So it's going to be a real struggle. And then the optimism of us getting more players in becomes less as well because we have to get rid of these guys to even bring in new players. So um, it's going to be going down to the wire, I think. As Justin had mentioned quite a while back, a lot of these are going to be just um, your third, fourth option uh, choices uh, for clubs. And if we're lucky, um, a few of them go. But the rest is either staying or we pay them off or they go on loan again. Well, we've got 12 days until the market closes because it's September 1st this year is the uh, mm-hmm. is deadline day. So we'll see what happens in the next 10 days. But I'm, I am really not hopeful now. I really, at the start of the summer, if you'd have told me we were going to be here with player sales, I don't think I would have believed you. I, I really I really don't. I, I can't believe that we haven't been able to get rid of a get rid of a lot of these players. Um all right, well, let's let's move on from that. Let's just talk about some of the stuff that's gone on this weekend. Obviously, yeah. we're recording Sunday, so we've been able to uh, 
take in a whole weekend of football and have and a laugh, Gav. Let's a, have a laugh. What, what a weekend it was. <laughs> um Eric Sevenhag has the man's the man's a fraud, right? Yeah. Um I listen, that Justin knows this with our Dutch roots. There was a certain I was upset that he went to Man United because I had a high regard for him at Ajax. I know Justin. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, had, we had a high regard for him. But, you know, Ajax played some lovely football, got in some good youth, but he seems to be the absolute antithesis at Man United. Maybe it's just Man United's fantastic aura that they bring to anyone that enters that club. But he's regressive. The football is regressive. It's awful to watch. The signings have been very one-dimensional, either ex-IX players that he's worked with or mainly that, or really like past-the-hill um, kebab restaurant owners like Casemiro. So you've got, you've really got a very, and, and then paying extortionate amount of money. I mean, it's like he's an IX spy because they must be loving the fact that he's given them so much money for players like Martinez and Anthony, who's we chastised Pepe and Anthony is still playing for that team. It's incredible. Um, it, it's it's hilarious to watch. And all the, the optimism we got, you, we saw it, you know, pre-season, the, you know, best keeper in the world, Martinez, best defender in the world. It's all come to the forefront because that Wolves was an anonymy. anonymy. Um, uh, I, I can't even say it properly. Anomaly. But you know what I'm, huh? Anomaly. Anomaly. That's it. Go. It wasn't. It was um it was That's it. it was what we were expecting and we saw that against Spurs. Um didn't take much for Spurs to beat them really. And just they've not adapted their playing style or, or moved forward at all, have they? I mean, they're literally doing exactly the same thing as they were last year. They are literally dropping back, hoping you empty your backfield coming out, and then they hit a long ball over the top. Like this is not this has not moved on at all for them. And I'm I'm here for it, but it's not moved on. I mean, yeah, Gav, essentially, um, I don't have a lot to say about them because they're still doing the same thing and it's still not working. So, yes, they're still basically doing exactly what you said. And, yeah, mate, I, I don't fancy them at all. And, and as a, a former Ten Hog fan, uh, like someone that would have liked to have taken over for Arteta. Um, I don't really rate him, but I think it's more because of the. Are Are we going to talk about Greenwood or no? Nope. Okay, no, I don't Perfect. want anything to do with Mason Greenwood. Yeah, yeah, I don't need that's either. their problem. That's their problem. It's not it's, ours. It's also okay. his comments as well, Justin. Um, yeah, no, 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 I agree. The banana one. When he's saying that was not a penalty, come on, man. Just say, just be honest. It was it was so obviously a fucking penalty. Everyone could see that was a penalty. Just say, okay, we got away with that one. You don't have to justify and come up with some bullshit reason that that was not a penalty. It was it's stuff like that. It's kind of very... No, 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 no. I agree. I agree 100%. He's... he's... And Mason, yeah, man, yeah. I have yeah. no idea what that's about. I have yeah. no idea. And I said that from day one. Don't get it. And I think well, this point is going to be the same. And another team that are uh, a mess and not looking any better is Chelsea. And <laughs> I saw this one coming. After a billion. A, I saw this one coming <laughs> a mile off. This, I mean, I've said it before. 
this is why we let teams like Brighton and Southampton take these risks on these players and then we cherry pick the best ones. Because if you don't, this is what happens. Chelsea have signed 10, 12, 15 players over the last 18 months that are the sort of players that would go to Brighton for five to 10 million. Mm. Half of them, three quarters of them would be duds and they would just be shipped out abroad. Two or three hit and they sell them on to Chelsea for a hundred million quid. And that's it. Well, what Chelsea have done now is paid over the odds for all these players and it's going to be a disaster there. And I am looking forward to every minute of it, Paz. Uh, absolutely. I mean, w- what we see with Chelsea is where's the strategy? There is, remember when Gary Neville said, what was our strategy? Where's their one? I don't know what it is. I, for well, me, I think, looks- Paz, I think what they're trying to do, right? is they're trying to do what people have said for years. Why do big clubs wait until someone is good for Southampton or good for Brighton before they buy them? Well, I think you're about to find out why. Because for Brighton and Southampton, (laughs) these players get to play and they they can either be good and we buy them or they can be terrible and they move on and nobody notices. It's not like that when you're a club that expects to win things. (laughs) <laughs> it's not. And and it seems to me as well that they are very uh, proactive in looking at what other teams are interested in, which players they're interested in, which players they need. And then they'll just think, well, we don't necessarily need them, but at least it takes out um, a competitive team's interest in a player that they really need. I mean, how long is that strategy going to last? Because they've been missing a number nine for years now. So you know, all this time they're filling up their midfielders. And I know this is not going to be uh, representative of the whole season, but, but they're two most expensive midfielders. The two most expensive midfielders of all time, one missed a penalty and one conceded one. So I, I just, they're, they're a hot mess. Absolute hot mess. Yeah. And just to, just to round up any other top four pretenders, if you like, Jazz, I thought Liverpool looked decent going forward and terrible at the back, as we expected. I didn't think much of Tottenham. They could have been free down to an awful Manchester United team at half-time. I think they're going to win some games and they're going to get some thumpings. Um, and Newcastle look kind of like Newcastle, right? They're a little bit shy of ideas against top teams. They're going to beat a lot of the smaller teams. I mean, there's not a whole lot that's changed this year. Yeah, I feel exactly how you feel about... Sorry, my, my chair is pretty squeaky. I'm trying to... Um, I feel exactly how you feel about Newcastle. I think Liverpool is the more interesting one. I think they have lacked a like a like a true holding fielder, so they've been putting McAllister there, who's now red carded. Yep, exactly. Yep. Thank yeah. you. And I mean, I guess a lot just depends on whether that endo is any good or not, right? Because if he's not, they could be in a bit of trouble. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I think so. Go ahead, Paz. No, no, you go, Just that was for you, mate. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I think I think um, McAllister being red carded is going to be massive for them because they're already so slim in midfield. Um, I'm curious to see how this uh, this this Japanese player Endo uh, does. But I I think that they are very shallow in midfield, and I think it's gonna it's it's gonna hurt them overall. Yeah, I, think I like the number eight though. I like their number eight. I think he's gonna be a good player. Shop, he's shop is life. You're talking about yeah. Shop is life. 
So, yeah, I so, can't say his name, so I so, just call him number eight. So Spolazzi. Shabalaya. Yeah, Shabalaya. I don't know. I don't know how he's had, but yeah, he, yeah. He, he looks a he looks a decent player. They're going to be. Oh, it's, it's interesting that Darwin can't even can't get a game at all. There, no, he can't. He it can't. is. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think if I was there, I'd throw him out there because it can't get <laughs> can't get much worse. But all right, guys. Well, let's end it there for tonight, um, and we'll be back after the uh, after the Palace game, um, even Monday night or Tuesday. And uh, we'll see you all then. So, goodbye, guys. Good evening. Have a good one. See you. Night.